Welcome to another fantabulous episode of the Blue Line Brothers. I'm Fred. I'm Frank. And together we are, of course, the knuckle-dragging Blue Line Brothers. That's us. Hey, back for another episode. And uh, actually, the first question we have for everybody is, are you ready for World War III? I am. I am. Me, 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 really? me, Really? You are? Okay. Me, well, me, Frank, me. Uh, with your, uh, well, we've already discussed Warhammers and some of that other stuff, but... You, you need something more substantial, you know, more along the mechanized uh, level of uh, of equipment, you know, to be properly prepared for this World War Three crap that we're about to engage upon. Oh, you you know where I can get a one one three? Close, close. I, I I should say let's let's divide the the mechanized level with the um, um, <laughs> field artillery level. <laughs> let's <clears throat> let's separate those two levels a little bit. <laughs> okay, wait a minute now. Okay, we're talking our. Uh, are we talking like a 105 that I can pull behind the 113? Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, we can do that. <clears throat> and I think, well, there how is, about there this? There is an armory down here on the south there, end of town. We have an armory on the south end of town. So, <laughs> and we have a surplus area. And, and I'm not quite sure. You know, I don't know if Gov Planet is doing uh, field artillery units yet or not. We don't need Gov Planet. We got a we got an armory. Well, that's true. That's right. There's no keys. And no, because there's no locks. I have the universal keys, the really big bolt cutters. The, the, Snap, I was going to say, you, you did serve. You've we, got we, all the secret uh, secrets. We can uh, just, uh, we can, I, yeah. Hey, you pick the one you want, use the pick. master key, I'll start it for you, and then you just. But I, I want the one with the pretty paint on it because I'm, I'm all about, you know, uh, you know, an ensemble and all that. I want to look good. If we're gonna be blowing up bad guys, do, do you want the tan paint or do you want the woodland camouflage? Well, you know, I'm kind of partial to the woodland camouflage, but I, I really like that dark olive drab green. Hmm. You know, just the, it's the darker version. It, I don't yeah. like the puke version. I like the darker view. You know, the darker than puke version. I just like the ones that run over everything. Well, I do too. That's why I want. I uh, wouldn't care if it's pink I, with I, a big I, sombrero on it. You know, I've been telling you this. I don't know how many times I keep bugging you about it, but I want one of those ten seventy eight ones. Mm-hmm. And we're we're gonna get into all, all that crap here in a little bit. But first, <clears throat> excuse me, I gotta bring up a guy. We're gonna have. Well, actually, we have some future plans with our channel. And uh, here coming up within the following weeks, it may take a month or so, maybe two months to get some of the logistics worked out and stuff like that. But we're going to have a series of guests come on, um, uh, rather prestigious uh, gentlemen uh, so far. We will probably have some prestigious young ladies uh, here in the new virtue as well. Uh, if they're willing to actually share their time with a couple knuckle draggers, that's going to be kind of difficult to prove. <laughs> we're, we're working on that part. But the whole thing is... Uh, they may one, have to wear pants. Well, at least a sombrero. <laughs> well, yeah, that, that's fine. <laughs> well, okay. I, 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 I don't know if there's going to be a dress code or not. Maybe, uh, I mean, heck, we're on a podcast. Who needs a dress code? Oh, yeah, that is true. Yeah, I mean, what the heck. But the whole thing is, <clears throat> excuse me, one of the uh, gentlemen that we're going to be bringing on, um, actually, he's a volunteer firefighter himself. He's been serving uh, on the fire department, his local fire department, for a long time. Well, let's hear. He just turned 30, I think, so... This is one of those guys that uh, he was volunteering, you know, quote-unquote unofficially uh, when he was in high school. He was so dedicated to uh, the, the fire service and everything. And uh, literally, as soon as he became of age and was allowed to go through training, he completed all of his training. And uh, he has served, um, actually now he's pretty much the chief mechanic of the department because now that he's set up his own machine shop and all of this, he's been doing a lot of... Uh, 
vehicle repair work for the last 10 years or so on his own. He started his own business from scratch, literally. And um, so there are a couple of reasons we want to bring him on the program. Uh, first and foremost, of course, is his, his character. Okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. So he started his own business from what? From a scratch. So then he scratched an itch. Yeah, he did. Okay. Uh, That's exactly. He, he actually had two itches. One, <laughs> one, one fire department itch and then the, the entrepreneur itch. Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, he had two itches. Yeah. And two scratches. I could so, Two successful right. scratches, I might add, you know. So, but yeah, at, at any rate, uh, this young man ended up uh, buying an old machine shop, <laughs> ironically enough, <laughs> in town. And um, within a year or so, uh, turned it into a profitable uh, vehicle repair shop. And um, from there, he decided uh, to expand. He bought the building next door to him. Uh, turned that into his main repair shop. He decided to, to rent out uh, his initial building uh, to a transmission expert so uh, he could make some money on the side, try to build some uh, capital and everything. And sure enough, now uh, he's just completed his uh, machine shop. I, and I'm, when I talk about full-service machine shop, this guy can fab just about anything. Um, he worked uh, for one of the uh, rather large uh, garbage truck services uh, in the city. Uh, he started off rebuilding their uh, driveline, working on their driveline side. Uh, he got bored uh, when he <laughs> could <laughs> repair or rebuild all of the engines and transmissions there, so then they flipped him over to the fabrication side, so anytime one of those trash trucks got crashed, he was the guy that rebuilt the cab or the, the body or what have you. So uh, this young man has taught himself just about everything in the field. Uh, but Chris Carter uh, is a guy, if, if uh, that name might ring a bell, anybody that might live on the west side of town, um, Carter's Garage, common spelling in Amo, Indiana. Here's our shameless plug real quick. Uh, we'll probably do a couple more <laughs> before the end of the episode. But the whole point is, uh, when we get into this discussion about uh, God vehicles, you know, get out of Dodge, God vehicles, um, uh, keep in mind Carter's Garage in Amo, Indiana. Because so, so, okay, wait a minute. A God vehicle. So if I'm driving a God vehicle, does that make me godly? No, 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 no. But uh, <clears throat> like these bumper stickers, God is my co-pilot. No, no, no. I don't, I don't think God is really the co-pilot of anybody. I think you might be the co-pilot and God might be running oh. things, you know, from another. I, I don't know. I, but no, no, no. <clears throat> um, oh. I don't think that makes us godly. I don't think so. I have a funny feeling that... Well, uh, I was going to say, because yeah. my halo would not fit over my No, sombrero. because after such an act of blasphemy, I don't think the <clears> halo <throat> would survive. Um, and I'm not taking my sombrero off. I didn't think you on. would. Yeah, man, you've worked too hard for that sombrero. No. I mean, no, that, that's that's uh, that sombrero means more to you than Sergeant Stripes on a Class A uniform. Mm. I mean, holy crap. But, um, but yeah, it, uh, but at any rate... Um, yeah, uh, the shameless plug goes as follows. Uh, just go ahead and Google uh, Chris Carter, uh, because by the end of this episode, I guarantee any and everyone who's listening, uh, they are going to want their own God vehicle, and they're going to want uh, Mr. Carter to uh, fabricate said vehicle for them. So uh, I'm telling you, he's a lot better. We're not gonna we're gonna get into some of those options anyway. But <clears throat> uh, just as an example, okay, you don't necessarily have to have a military truck. You know, to have a God vehicle. he. Um, but it would be nice. It would be nice. <laughs> but this guy decides, he had one of his buddies, He, he where he lives is in an apartment, so he couldn't 
feasibly own a military truck and park it in his, you know, apartment parking lot. He didn't have a place to store a truck of immense size, you know. So <laughs> he he went to Chris and he said, "Well, you know, you know, I really want something, you know, so an EMP doesn't blow it up and blah blah blah, something reliable, something strong. So if I if I can tow a trailer or something like that, you know." I can get off grid and, and get out of the city, and, and there you go. And he said, okay, cool. So this guy brought him an old Chevrolet C10 pickup truck back in the, what, late 70s or early mm, 70s? Or early early yeah. 70s, I'm sorry. And so Chris recommended, yeah, I can just retrofit a uh, Cummins 5.9 uh, 12-valve um, fully mechanical diesel engine in that truck if you want to. He said, well, okay. So they... They sourced a, a five-speed transmission that had uh, bolted up to the uh, the flywheel there, and Chris uh, went ahead and, uh, as he always does, a complete job. Instead of just trying to uh, stuff an engine in there, he completely rewired the truck um, so it would um, uh, accept the new drivetrain, if you will. Uh, so that means all the headlights would work, you know, all the parking lights and all this stuff. Uh, he fabricated... Um, the, the engine mounts and everything because obviously you can't just go to a store anymore and order engine mounts for a, a you know an inline diesel engine for a early 70s pickup truck so so uh, legitimate question um, how did he handle the suspension for the added weight well the cool part is uh, mm. those early 70s trucks still had leaf springs I believe in the uh, truck. Now, I didn't stick my head underneath the truck. He had it parked uh, in the lot when I was over there at his shop the other day. So I didn't see it. But I can tell you one thing. Whatever he did, it it sits level. So then so, he probably put an extra, extra maybe one or two springs in it along with the helper well, springs. Well, I'm thinking that or just as, you know, you and I have talked about things, uh, he's also into the whole air ride thing. So, you know, yeah. uh, having... <clears throat> he... he can retro once again this guy can pretty much retrofit whatever um and i i wouldn't be surprised if he stuck a couple of airbags up front that's and, and provide yeah. a, a better service because yeah you're right that you know those cummins weigh 12 1500 pounds something like that uh with or without oil because you're <clears throat> there's an awful lot of fluid in those and, things and too. if he and he found an old c10 like an old square body or whatever else yep. i'm sure it probably came with a, a six cylinder in it I'm guess yeah, most of those trucks back then did, yeah. The little straight six and they they don't weigh much of anything at all. So not compared to a diesel. No. Mm -mm. Uh for those uninitiated, uh diesel engines are a chunky, chunky engine, no matter what I don't care if it's a little three liter that they put in these new GM, you know, smaller pickup trucks or not. They are very there's a lot of iron in these engines, uh or they're uh compacted uh iron uh, graphite. Uh, in order to, that's a, a new technology they've started the last five or six years for, for engine blocks. But the whole thing is they have to have a lot of substance to them because they run very hot. And, um, and of course, there's also a great deal of torque um, that's developed. So you have to have, you know, a very deep skirted block uh, that can surround that crankshaft and uh, lots of bolts in the in the main bearing journals and all that good stuff. and Well, you, you do know that there is a gas engine that is relatively, um, it'll hold its own. 
Actually, there is. <clears throat> it's D7.3 Godzilla in my truck. As a matter of fact, <laughs> uh, funny you should bring that up, uh, Frank. Yeah, yeah. You know, as far as modern engines go, I would uh, put my money on a 7.3 liter Godzilla Ford engine. Yes, that's right. Man, I just happen to have one of those, too. You just happen to have one of those? Because this is uh, one of those power plants that, uh, if correct me if I'm wrong, Frank, but in the year and a half that you've owned this truck, um, you have not made any comments about needing more power. <clears throat> no, I always need more power. Well, yeah, but you've never talked about having to reflash the engine or get a supercharger well, no, wait a minute no 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 there was one thing that i that i really am not happy about <clears throat> what's that they put a governor on it at 94 miles an hour yeah they, they don't want people like us flipping the truck they well they probably heard about me rolling my buddy's truck off the side I, of a mountain i wasn't gonna bring that up but, I mean, Some of us do a good job at, you know, <clears throat> hey, so, I was all about testing the integrity of the body of the truck. Okay, okay, stop right there. So, with that in mind, it has a virtual roll cage for a doghouse, so therefore, take my governor off, I'll be fine. That's what I, you know, have you tried doing that through the Ford Pass thing, by the way? No, can't okay. do it. okay. There's, I'm sure there's, mm -mm. there's... You have to actually have, go to Forescan and, and have Okay, that get the it. actual Forescan tool yeah. and plug it in to do that. Okay. And the thing is, if you try to do it Kind of voids the warning. Self, um, and and you, you, you do it the wrong way, <clears throat> guess what? Uh, yeah. It, it, it would almost be like it's snowing, nothing but problems because every... 572,000 components in this truck will just disintegrate. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, who'd have thunk, you know, to have... Yeah, that's the, that's the other problem with this newer stuff is uh, there's so many electronics and, and we've got wires everywhere. Now, I will say, excuse me, when we talk about EMP attacks and stuff like that, keep in mind that uh, if anybody's ever heard of a Faraday cage... Um, there are ways that you can shield a lot of your electronic devices, especially smaller ones. You can get get a get a metallic or a metal trash can and and uh, tape down the 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 uh, lid to the <clears throat> to the trash can and and okay, you've got a, an instant Faraday cage. But here's the thing, kinda, though. I kinda, kinda. But here's the thing: there have been a number of tests done, and actually, um, one of those tests were done by a group of uh, students at Rose Holman uh, over the last several years. Excuse me. And um, actually, in many cases, your vehicle acts as its own Faraday cage. And there have been far more times than not that uh, they have directly shot an EMP uh, at vehicles to see if they would, number one, if they would die, and number two, if they did die, could you restart it? And literally 99 out of 100 vehicles, uh, if they did die, they could be restarted. But see, here's <clears throat> here's my problem with that. An EMP shoots an electromagnetic pulse and it pries everything electronic. So that would mean that it would discharge all the batteries. <clears throat> um, any kind of electronic device, it would fry the motherboard in. In, in, unless, in it was shielded, unless it was shielded. Right, in theory. 
that's how it works. <clears throat> so if you totally 100% discharge a battery, it will not recharge itself. No. You have to have an outside source introducing mm -hmm. electricity into that, which jump starts. And actually, a lot of these newer batteries, if you completely drain the battery, you screw up the polarity of the battery and it can't really be recharged to anywhere close to full capacity. So, <clears throat> not to toot my own horn or anything, but my truck has got the aluminum body. Mm -hmm. So, let's go back to what you said about the trash can. Most trash cans you're going to pick up are you know, aluminum mm -hmm. or an aluminum base or blend or whatever <clears throat> and so does that mean that this truck as a whole is a Faraday cage because the quarter panels the hood right um, should act as a Faraday cage you are to correct. shield the alternators plural um, and the batteries, and the ECMs, plural, yeah. and all the brain boxes and everything else that are underneath the hood. <laughs> um, but you also have something called a grill. Right. Yeah. I mean, that, in theory, that could be a source, you know, a, an open area. Uh, but what's behind the grill? Well, there's a radiator and a number and of coolers. What's What are those made out of? Uh, metallic substances. Correct. A combination of copper, aluminum, steel. And mm -hmm. those all are what? Very good conductors of electricity. Actually, yes. Especially copper. Mm -hmm. Which that would mean that <clears throat> they are going to collect that energy or electricity, come down and hit the rubber mounts that they are sitting on, which mm -hmm. would go into the frame, and that's where they should stop. It, right. That's why... 99 out of 100 vehicles uh, act as their own Faraday cage. <clears throat> and, th and, and, that, and I say that, not I'm not saying that. I, I'm going by uh, the results of the tests and the studies that I've read so far, which have been about five or six from uh, notable uh, sources. And I say notable sources like uh, you know, Rose Holman and a few other engineering schools and such. So I am by no means an electrician. Well, and, and I mean, here's the thing: the, the EMP. Um, <clears throat> I I have always been told and taught and everything else that that is designed to um, hit bigger targets, i.e., the power grid. Think about how old and how essentially brittle this power grid is. Yes. A <clears throat> half of an EMP strike could take out the whole eastern seaboard. Exactly. And not even think twice about it. Right. And if they hit the west coast, the east coast, and hit right down the center of the country, guess what? You have essentially disabled and pushed this country back into the late 1800s. That, and they've also, the la latest estimate that I read is 90% casualty rate. Mm -hmm. And, it, and it, that casualty rate does not come from the strike itself. No, that is not because of the strike. That, that is, happens 
after the grid goes down yes. and, you know... People suffering from the lack of power you, and You can't go down to the local little grocery store and pick up your Zoom Zooms and your Wham Whams and your bag of chips. Well... You're going to starve. It, once again, it goes back... What You know, we, we try to build on with, with these episodes and everything, but just what, what we talked about last episode or the one before last about, uh, you know, the number of people that need their smartphones to get from the grocery store to home mm-hmm. because they don't know how to do that. So, we, once again, any peace strike, first thing that's going down, like you said, power and communications. So you're done. I mean, that'll wipe out uh, 75% of the society right there. Oh, and it, what was... Uh, oh, I can't remember what the... Uh, <clears throat> what was it? A, a third of the population... What was it? The third of the population will die within the first. Actually, it's 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 um, three weeks. It's a, a rule of the thirds, yeah, or something like that. I um, I can't I, remember exactly how it goes, but mm-hmm. you know they're they're either going to starve to death or they're going to get. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, within the first three days, seventy five percent of society is pretty much toast. So I mean, that's after. Um, and, and there again, too, I, I, um, it, it, they touched base. It was about 10 or 12 years ago that they had that power outage in New York where what? Oh, uh, yeah. an entire, um, an entire took out uh, New York neighborhood. Uh, well, no, the, the big one, it took out um, the southern half of New York State, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Delaware, um, <clears throat> and... Um, the, in Pennsylvania, it was almost like half the eastern half of the state mm-hmm. because it was all on the same grid. Yeah, and I mean, you literally could sit there and watch on the news people. Uh, it was a like a mass exodus walking across the bridges because one, the cars you couldn't get through, you you couldn't call anybody, right? Because you know, not that the cars were affected from the power grid it was just all the lights were out so because of pandemonium massive, everybody freaks out uh, massive uh, traffic jams and if they were parked in a, a parking garage how you gonna get out of a parking garage everything runs off electricity mm-hmm. they were you know the only thing they had to do was uh start walking right and how many what was the casualty rate with just because it took them about three or four days to actually get power <clears throat> now they Incrementally, they got power back on, but there were some areas that were out of power for three or four days. Yeah, I don't. And they had a casualty rate. I don't remember exactly yeah, what it was. I can't remember what it was, but if if I if I remember correctly, a lot of it had to do with they were they were heat related casualties. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, you know, because no air conditioners, no fans, no nothing. Okay, you're an idiot, and guess what? Oh, it's 120 in my apartment that's the size of a shoebox, but I'm not going to open the window. Right. Well, we also had people that were at home on medical care, mm-hmm. you know, from uh, home health care in some way, shape, or form. So I hate to say it, but they're the first casualties normally without power. You, you know, okay, so... Now, you... a, lot, a lot of smaller machines now have battery backups to them, but once again, though... Um, Talking about the totality of circumstances, um, we have that, and of course, uh, let's not 
since we're a couple of Blue Line brothers, let's not bring up the uh, crime rate that uh, suddenly shot through the roof huh. uh, within the first 10 seconds <laughs> of no power. Well, so. and, and see, and that's, that's where living in the city is very detrimental to your health. Yes. You know, yeah, you, you want to live in the city because, oh, everything is just walking distance and it's so great and so awesome, blah, 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 blah. Well, guess what? How about your 15-minute city? Oh, did I, should I have brought that up? I'm sorry, I shouldn't have brought that up. <laughs> Dumbass me, here I go again. Just these evil words keep falling out of my mouth. Oh, I, I, I got some soap <clears throat> over there. Okay, <clears throat> I need to, you know. But, you know, what is so good and so great that when that power goes out and, you know, guess what? You're, you're just right at ground zero of um, total the crime rain. Yeah, total calamity. And that's, a, once again, it goes back to what we were discussing before. It doesn't make a difference what the emergency situation is. You have to have a plan for, for more than one plan as far as, okay, hey, can I shelter in place? Okay, if that's not safe, how can I get out? And not only, okay, if you're going to say, how do I get out? You don't just have one avenue to get out. Mm-hmm. You plan three or four, or if not, five or six. Because once again, there were a couple of people that were interviewed post-situation, you know, from that uh, particular blackout <clears throat> in New York. And that's what people said. Hey, I was afraid of getting stuck. Okay, I had a plan to get out. Okay, I had a plan to get a hold of my family. Okay, if the phones don't work, you know, my family knows that, that uh, okay, the house is the first rally point. Okay, if that doesn't work, okay, we have a secondary rally point. Okay, you know, whatever, and you work through the plan. But you have to have a workable plan, and you know, if then, go to this, or what have you. So that it is really important, no matter how silly it sounds, it really is, you know, like I said, pre-knowledge in the, in the last episode or two. You know, I don't care if it's something as simple as counting your steps to the emergency uh, door in an apartment building or a, 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 a motel or hotel that you're not familiar with. Okay, you know your vehicle. Once again, we're about we're going to talk more about that, you know, in this episode about God vehicles and stuff. But know your vehicle. What are the capabilities of your vehicle? You know, uh, can you get through some small obstacles? Okay, well, no, I'm driving a Honda Fit. I don't think that's going to work. Okay, it's, <laughs> my Honda Fit's going to turn into an obstacle. Okay, well, or okay, well, you better be prepared to hoof it then. Okay, have a backpack or something. You know, but once again, you know, we had uh, bad guys target people that were carrying big pouches. <laughs> it's like, oh, hey, there might be something valuable in that great big pouch. Oh, <clears throat> okay, hey, we're going to slit your throat for your backpack. We don't know what's in it, but we're still going to slit your throat for it. And, so. and that's 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 the whole thing. So whatever vehicle you do pick, you know, you don't want the outward appearance of, I have, you know, guns and gear and ammo and food and water and, you know, the Mona Lisa in the back. You want to just have the, the, you know, what they like to refer to as the gray man look. Okay, since you brought that up, I just have a weird question for you, man. What? How in the hell do you expect to fit in with a sombrero and a frickin' Warhammer? How many gray men wear sombreros, flip-flops, and a Warhammer? I mean, honestly. Do you want a serious answer to that? Maybe I don't. 
just forget I even nope, asked. Nope, nope, nope. You brought it up. I'm gonna. Th so here's how I am going to fit in. Yes, I will have a warhammer and some flip flops and a sombrero. But in order to fit in, I will wear a gray T-shirt. Okay, that makes sense. Now I understand your train of thought. I am that, the gray man, get it? Yeah, gray man, yes. <laughs> yes. I get it, I get it. I might even wear a gray t-shirt over my sombrero, so therefore... Well, well I, I either, you, need to, you need to save your sombrero from all the blood spatter. Right. And my, and my five-ton, yeah. I'll paint it gray, too, so voila. That I now, now that makes sense. I mean, having a gray five ton makes sense. Navy blue, gray. Yeah. And then the last thing that they're going to remember is this very loud as they kiss the bumper. But in it, gratitude, okay, I, I know we we're getting a little <clears throat> more comfortable doing this. So some of our you know morbid humor is starting to eat, leak well, out. Still morbid. Yeah, yeah, just here and there. But <clears throat> I always. I still remember. I hearken back to the days of the police academy movies. Yeah, I, I want a smiley face on the front of my uh, military truck when I. I mean, hey, the last thing that goes through your mind, smiley face. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Did I see that? No. <laughs> you know that. <laughs> hey, have a nice day. Bam. You know, you're like okay. Well, you know. <laughs> Uh, I guess you're not going to commandeer this truck. Uh, thank you very much. <coughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I just, I, I still think, you know, can, have, can, adding can I just get... a mere modicum of humor, you know. But I also want one of those ones that are all oh, about eight, ten inches tall. The little, the little hula girl. That, that oh, on yeah. On the spring. I want that on the dashboard. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That, I don't know if they'd be able to see it though. Through, oh, that's for me. I, I don't care. Oh, oh okay. That's okay. For I, me. I was gonna say. I don't, I, I, as I'm, you like, oh, what's I, forty tons of iron to my head look like? How, how do I put oh, this? Oh, a girl. Yeah. Um, as I'm bouncing down the road, I can watch her dance for me. There you go. Huh, it takes see? your mind off of all the blood spatter on your new uh, gray paint job on your five ton. Well, you know, because it's gonna be hard to get that off. No, 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 no. Because when the bridges get blown up, yeah, I'm in a five-ton. I'll just go through the water. Well, okay, as long as you have the so circle kit. I can yeah. pour water. Plus, on top of that, it's a free car wash. Well, it would be, yes. And, you know, all of that extra built-up uh, goodies on the front that <clears throat> somebody in AMO put on my five-ton. Oh, you know? yeah, yeah, some of the modification, customized yeah. uh, modifications, yes. I'm telling you, see? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, that's the whole thing. If, if you haven't decided by now that you need a God vehicle, okay, you need to get a hold of Chris, okay? Because I don't care if it's an old Chevy C-ton pickup truck. It could be an M1070A1, and we'll get to that in a minute. Or, you know, you could. I'm surprised, actually, that you're settling for a five-ton, by the way, because you have been, you have had Hemet on the brain the well, last couple of months. So I, and and we, we do need to get into this a little bit. So what we need, how about this? Let's start off with what, uh, actually, let's start off with the small stuff. You know, the what the, the those old, uh, even prior to the Humvees, you know, there's still a boatload of those, uh, ton and a half uh, pickup trucks and blazers mm -hmm. oh, that are yeah. actually a really good deal if you can find them. I mean, uh, they're cut diesel. Cut They call them a cut V. It's, there you it's go. essentially, it's a Chevy blazer or a Chevy, um, like a square body truck. 
yeah, what they are. There you go. But they're ton and a half. They're diesel. They they have a shit ton of torque. Not so much on the on the on the top end. No, but no electrical shit. But exactly. And I mean, they you you really have to try to screw one of those up. Right. It can be done. But well, you have to yes, try. yes, yes, yeah. Well, yeah. Just remember, uh, <laughs> we're, Frank. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking to somebody who could routinely get a helmet stuck, uh, what uh, fender deep in sand, and um, yeah, guilty. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, um, you know, make it look like somebody else did it. And well, he did. He was responsible for it. So well, technically, legally, he, he was it. responsible for the vehicle. You just happened to talk him into letting you. Uh, I didn't even really have to talk him into pilot the vehicle, and you know. I, I, I just, I just. Uh, yeah. Here, let me do that. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Famous last words. Yeah. Uh, am I losing my stripe for this? Wait, I only have one. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was. It was worth uh, watching. Uh, yeah, yeah. But anyways, uh, I, I wish it was on video. I, I would. I'd probably still be laughing my rear end off. Yeah. <clears throat> Here, and let me get that. I mean, let me drive that I, vehicle. I, I will. I will say this: that when you start to get them stuck, and that whole hemet starts to bounce, it's very violent in the cab. <laughs> I can imagine that's a low cab. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you just boom, boom. You, boom, you, you boom, probably gave boom. yourself a concussion, you know, getting that thing stuck. Uh huh. <clears throat> but it was uh, quite humorous when I opened the door and literally stepped out, and then had to kind of step up to get onto the ground level. Sand starts but... seeping into the floorboard of the truck. <laughs> oh, this is not good. <laughs> this could take a while. <laughs> In my defense, it wasn't regular sand. It was more of like baby powder. So, you know, hey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Sand, sand. <laughs> you knew where you were driving. <laughs> I did. <laughs> <laughs> that poor private didn't, but yeah, you, you did. <laughs> well, uh, in the past, before the Hemet, whenever we would go through there in a Humvee, you literally had to um, have that thing to the floor and uh, hope and pray for the best. Did you at least offer that poor private one of your stripes? Oh, my gosh. I offered him a Gatorade. <laughs> well, at least you offered him something. <laughs> Here, son, I got you court-martialed. <laughs> Here, here's a Mountain Dew. <laughs> I mean a Gatorade. Yeah, yeah, no, no, uh, uh, Powerade. Yeah, yeah. Here's a Gatorade and a can of chew. Make it happen. <laughs> Enjoy that court-martial, son. Yeah, well, well, hey, yeah, you know no. what? You'll be half qualified to be a paralegal in the civilian world when you get out. There you go. Do you want Jag's number now or late? Yeah. How do you spell that? <laughs> Screwed. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, okay, back to the, the vehicles. Um, yeah. the, the, now, the Humvees are still actually fairly easy to obtain. Yes. Uh, so, you can pick one up on the civilian market, an actual H1 Hummer for... Average price fifteen thousand, and they're—I mean, they're not—they're not fully equipped. No, those would be a, that would be something you'd want to call up Chris and say, "Hey, I need a few little modifications here and there." Can you as, I mean, me imagine when I say fully equipped, I mean you know all the goodies that they put in when they're on active duty. They—they they take all that stuff out 
You mean the tow missile launchers and all that shit? Yeah, unfortunately. Oh, man. But, um, you know, the the Hummer itself, it's it's all there. Um, now, I have found more of the soft tops or the truck version of the Humvees. Um, but if you ever find a hard body Humvee with the slant back on it, that would be the one to buy. Because you can't see out of the back end of it. Well, the, the weird part about that one is the slant back. Um, it'll actually open this way, and you close it, and you can also open it this way because they shoot tow, mus- tow missiles out. Yeah, but you got to explain what this way is. We're on a podcast. What they <laughs> they need to pay attention, <laughs> damn it! So remember, folks, this way. Remember, the, yes. The first this way is if you're standing at the back of the vehicle, like a say the trunk of a car. You would open it, and the hinge is at the top, and it opens. Be like a hatchback, way. right? Okay. The other this way is if you're inside and you pulled the latch and you opened it and the hinge would be at the bottom so it opens okay, like, like a, a convertible. Right, okay, there you go. Yeah, the convertible. Okay. So, um, but that's, and, and most of them have a gun turret in the top too. But anyways. We well, could have a gun turret, man. That adds character. But the reason I would be more apt to buy a hard body is... Once you pack your stuff in there, somebody just can't reach in and grab it and pull your stuff out. Right, yeah. Soft tops would not be the optimal uh, thing. Unless, of course, you had uh, a plan to modify, you know, like put a medic body on it or something like that, you know, to where you could sleep in it. Keep in mind the hard top, you get somebody who's halfway determined with a tomahawk, they would get through that. They all, they just, just whack. Right. Cut it, rip it. And you, you get in. Right. Or you just open the door because they don't have locks on them. Right. Take exactly. Yeah, you'd ha- you'd you'd want to finagle a, a hasp or something like that mm-hmm. and padlocks and stuff like that. But so, it's it's just that added personal, you know, feeling of being in a cocoon. It's like, okay, somebody just can't move this little flimsy piece of plastic and grab me. You know? Well, and that's... A, but that's... There you go. Something like that, the military surplus version... That's where you would contact somebody like Chris and say, hey, look, Mm -hmm. this is my plan. Okay, how can we, you know, without spending a quarter million dollars, I'd like to make this a feasible God vehicle. You know, yeah, I don't need fine Corinthian leather inside, but I do want to make it safe. I want to be able to, you know, once again, how much gear do you want to stow or do you want to be able to sleep in it? You know, things like that. that I mean, okay, so the ones you find on, on the Internet, whatever, civilian market, like the pickup truck versions, okay? You could take this over to Chris and say, hey, this is what I'm looking for. Can you use some quarter-inch stock and just make me a cab? Mm-hmm. Doesn't have to be, I mean, it's quarter-inch, guess what? A little 22 is going to go through that. But it's the sense of having something between you and the bad guy. Exactly. You know, you weld it up, you got a roof, you got a back, you got two sides, done. Okay? There you go. You have something that you can sit in and drive and not have to worry about going through a crowd of people and somebody to reach in and wrapping a baseball bat around the back of your head. 
that's the thing. That uh, you can also he can beef up bumpers, uh, but mm-hmm. also he could you know in certain areas you know to cut down on some weight, uh, add some three quarter inch or something like that steel. Mm-hmm. Um, you know as far as um, maybe around the B pillars and things like that where you would your, your head would normally be positioned. You know and things like that, and then maybe in the back. If you do plan to say sleep in it, for instance, okay, three quarter inch up so high to where, hey, if you were laying down, you'd have some protection uh, mm-hmm. that way too. So there are well, ways to, to and, and uh, the, mitigate the, some of the, the threat. The good thing about the Humvees, the majority of that body is aluminum. Yes. So if you wanted to turn the back end of it into a sleeping compartment, you could literally could take three quarter inch steel plate and lay it across the bot and essentially have a coffin built for you where you could slide in there and nobody's going to get you. Right. Exactly. You know, oh, somebody's trying to get in my truck. You slide out, you jump in the driver's seat, fire it up, give them the one finger salute and drive off. Exactly. Right. You can do that. So, so that's one option and it's still a popular option because once again, now also I might add, excuse me, there is still a a value to those civilian models too. Yeah. And I've um, actually seen a whole lot of H1s that are coming down in price. I mean, for what? I mean, obviously the market's topsy turvy right now anyway, but it's going to be coming down. So the the H1, the civilian um, version of the H1, they have one model that is very um, very interesting. It's the um, what do they call it? The the wagon. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, it's got seating for four, driver, passenger, and then two passenger seats in the back. You can retrofit a little small jump seat between the two rear seats, but <clears throat> the back half of that is big enough to where you could actually lay down in there. Mm-hmm. You'd have to do it kind of caddy corner, but you have... Um, <clears throat> The two shelves on either side where you can put racks in there and stow so much junk in there. It's not even funny. Um, And it's all one continuous piece. It's not a cab and then a back. It's all one continuous piece. Um, It's got a little more oomph and a little more get up than the military version. Um yeah, you're going to get your leather seat. Well, the other thing is, too, is you're going to have air conditioning. You'll get tilt, cruise, air, power windows, power brakes. I mean, you can get everything. You get a sound system in it. You get whatever you want. Uh, I think the last one I saw was uh, one of the towns south of here at a dealership. It was Canary Yellow, and they had a price tag of like 89000 That was during the summer. Um Yes. The price has dropped dramatically. I have those. seen. I checked uh, online on like, cars.com, stuff like that. There are a number of uh, civilian H1s going for as low as thirty, forty thousand dollars yep. right now. Now they may have a few more miles on them, but the the few that I just happened <clears> to pull up and check, they were actually in good shape. I mean, they but, were not trashed or anything like that. But so. here's here's the thing. So the civilian version, it's got the diesel engine. In. So if it has more miles on it, it's not as right uh, bad as say 
a gas engine that has 280,000 miles. Right, exactly. Those diesel engines are built very well. Now, the six and a half liters that came stock, that's another thing with these Hummers. Uh, the, I think the they civilians. were what, six. Uh, six 6.2s? Well, the six old ones point. were 6.2s. The newer ones are 6.5s. Six th- six fives. Six fives. Now, the thing is, there are two or three inherent problems with <laughs> And those. they're not turbo either. They're not turbo. But, once again, a guy like Chris, uh, mechanics that are familiar with it, you can actually, what we call bulletproof the engine uh, for not a whole lot of money. Five, six hundred bucks, you can bulletproof that engine and you're good to go for a very long time. As long as you change the oil when you're supposed to. That's another thing, too. Uh, (laughs) You you do want to maintain your vehicles, but the 15 gallons of it. Yeah, but that's the, the, you got to realize, too. That does bring up a good point. So if you change the oil and you save it and then you run it through a filter system, you could actually run the the engine on your used oil. Yes, a lot of those. Now, here's the thing, the word of warning. uh, we're not professionals at anything, so re- please remember, uh, <laughs> we're, we're just here for cheap entertainment. But uh, uh, but yes, a lot of the uh, the military vehicles have a different fuel filtering system than the than most of the civilian models do. So you can actually um, uh, utilize uh, used oil. I mean, in those Continental engines in the Deuce and a Half, heck, you can use chicken grease in the thing. Mm-hmm. And run, a, or you could put gasoline in them, and they'll run. Now you don't, you could, you don't want to do more than a tank full because once again, most diesel engines utilize um, the fuel as lubrication, internal lubrication. That's one reason why these new engines are having a lot of problems because it's such low sulfur and stuff like that in the fuel. They don't, they don't get lubrication from the fuel. But the thing is, <coughs> uh, most of these, uh, and once again, the beauty about the military vehicles is they're designed to operate in less than ideal conditions yeah, in the they, first place. So The, the, the common uh, name of those were multi-fuel engines. Yes. The continental, <clears throat> and uh, they were designed to run on diesel fuel, on-road, off-road. They're uh, gasoline, kerosene. Any it, Essentially, if it'll burn... JP-8 uh, airline yeah, fuel. JP-8, JP-4... Um, what else is there? Uh, um, Colonel Sanders. Yeah, if it if it's flammable, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can run it. It's not going to run, you know, the greatest, but guess what? It's going to start up, now, and it's going to get you moving down the road. Just a word of warning: if you use chicken grease, if you're anything like us, you're probably going to get hungry when you start smelling the exhaust yeah. because it's going to smell like fried chicken. And, and, then, then and then pretty you're soon start it's like, oh man, I'm getting hungry. Feathering the gas to make yeah. the, uh, the 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 nice awesome scent come out even more. Yeah. So, oh yeah. 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 But uh, <clears throat> and another source I want I do want to throw in here because it's something that I've been looking into myself. Uh, surplus uh, first responder equipment mm-hmm. is another great source. <clears throat> uh, now it's a little more expensive because. It's been been maintained far better <laughs> normally. Well, than, now wait a minute. Now well, minute. in some circumstances. <clears throat> um, now, now wait a minute. <clears throat> so there was that one. What was it? A sixty-nine deuce and a half. Yeah, that was in great shape. Uh, twelve thousand. No, ten. ten twelve thousand. Twelve thousand miles on it. Yeah. Um. And they only wanted like twelve thousand. I think it was about a, a dollar per mile. Is what they yeah. wanted for it. 
and it was very well maintained. I mean, that, that's the thing. It only had 10,000 miles on it, just over. Um, everything, the running gear was, in, I mean, even the interior of the cab looked like it was new. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, now it's a five-speed with a Continental engine in it. Um, well, it was a fire truck. It never got used. Well, exactly. Yeah, that's what it, <laughs> they, they, it, they spent more time cleaning the thing than they did driving it. Exactly. Um, but yeah, but that's great for us. I mean, twelve grand for you. You look at even Gov Planet. You're not going to find a deuce and a half in that good a condition for twelve grand. You're just not. But well, once again, there's an ideal. See, once again, you find something like that. Once again, you call up a guy like Chris and say, "Look, I found this. You know, this is this is my plan. Would this vehicle fit for me? And if so, can you make it fit for me?" Type of thing. And he'll tell you, well, yeah, you can do that. No, you can't. You know, hey, we got weight ratings on the axles you got to worry about or blah, 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 you know. Um, but the whole thing is, you know, you can you can strike a heck of a bargain through, uh, you know, some of the, the first responder surplus vehicles just like you can on the military side. So it's something I wanted to throw in there that most people don't think about. But, man, you know, an old ambulance, you know, there are a lot of... Uh, now a lot of people, you know, like us, we're, we want four wheel drive. We we get that, but once again, um, you know, um, if you can't get four wheel drive, okay, find something that's uh, pretty evenly balanced as far as weight. Try to get a locker in the rear end, you know. Sandrail. Like there you go. Okay, now we're getting to your 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 <laughs> genius plan to save the world involves a sandrail. So yeah, let's go ahead and get that out of the way too. Yes, yes, yes. a sandrail. Technically, that's two wheel drive. Uh huh. With a locker. But, okay, it's two-wheel drive, but you know what? If you get that stuck, there's something wrong with you. Well, wait a minute. You're talking to a guy that rolled his buddy's truck off the side of a mountain. But did you and, die? Well, no, we survived. Okay, then. But the whole thing, you got a helmet stuck in the sand, and you're trying to... <laughs> really? Do you think they're going to believe... Any of our audience members are going to believe okay, that wait you a can't minute. get a wait sand a rail wait stuck? A you're talking wait. to two guys that Hang can on. probably destroy anything on wheels. Hang on. A Hemet weighs how many tons? Uh, 20, 25. Okay, a sand rail weighs how many hundreds of pounds? Uh, oh, eight, nine hundred, maybe a thousand pounds. Probably not even that much. Depending upon how you... But you have something that is extremely light <clears throat> and has a 16 to, say, a 2,800cc engine on the back. Well, you gotta remember that's before one of us gets in it too. Okay, well we'll put it at like nine hundred pounds, <clears throat> and um, they go extremely fast. And the faster they go, it's kind of like a boat. Oh yeah, they float. It gets yeah. up on, just touches the very edge of the surface of whatever you're driving on, so it goes. Mm -hmm. Now. Yeah. Of course, if you slow down, then yeah, it's like a boat. It might sink down a little bit. Yeah, you got to maintain speed. Mm -hmm. But it, what I'm getting at is, you, just like anything else, you have to know your vehicle and you have to know how to operate it properly. I don't. I'm not trying to sound silly, but really, especially in this day and age, we have people that think that you still have to apply the brake to turn the steering wheel. Did, did I ever tell you about the Baja bug I had? The one that kind of floated you, down the river. Yeah, you did mention literally. That. Floated yeah, down because, the river. Yeah, they're airtight as long as you keep the windows rolled up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. See, Hitler had the best ideas, didn't he? Oh, I'm sorry. No, maybe not. Maybe, ah. maybe just one good idea. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. no, he, he did come up with the Audubon. 
Well, all right, we'll give them that credit, I guess. But all right, yeah. Well, you know, somebody got mad at me the other day, by the way. And and, and you know, if we're going if we're going that route, then uh, you know, we'll, we'll just give him credit for you know, um, Wiener Schnitzels, um, beer. Well, he didn't invent beer. No, but he sure as hell promoted the really good. Pope John Paul sold him a bunch of gas. Mm-hmm. So we can include him in on the, the mm-hmm. whole thing too, right? The the popes and all that. Okay. I mean, uh, I, be- I in my opinion, I think Hitler was probably the biggest promoter of alcoholism in uh, in Germany. Well, I don't doubt. I think he's the biggest pro- proponent of alcoholism in the entire world while he was in power. I mean, what else did they have to do? Well, uh, yeah, they were trying to escape the onslaught of just slaughter. That's what it's they like, were trying oh, to do. Oh, damn, my town's surrounded. There's nothing I could do. Hey, break out that Hefeweizen. Come on. Right. Well, actually, that's why I say, you know, you want to, you, what you want to know about bomb-proof stocks, that's what you know, Philip Morris, because everybody's going to be smoking, you know, mm-hmm. uh, alcohol mm-hmm. promoters, because everybody's going to be drinking. I don't give a fig, you know, it's like, oh, uh, yeah, if you've got 50 cents to your name, you're either going to be, you know, smoke them if you got them, or you're going to be taking a swig of something. So, yep. yeah, but, <clears throat> yeah. Now, as, as a disclaimer, you know, we don't, um, we're not promoting Hitler. It, that was all done in. In just. In just, in like hot no. funny stuff. But well, anyways. You, uh, have to, you have to understand, too, man, that, that somebody actually getting out of joint with me one time when I was explaining the exploits of Hitler. And I said, you have to respect how the guy came to power and what he did because I'm not saying I like the guy but what I'm saying is you study people like him mm-hmm. so hopefully you don't ever have to face a monster like that yourself however you had just like Sun Tzu tells us you know your enemy better than you know yourself okay so you study people like him you spend time studying the guy okay and you do and then once again Sun Tzu also tells you you have to respect your enemy okay you don't have to like him but you have to respect them for their ability or maybe inability. It depends. But that's the whole point. You do not sell your enemy short. That's how you get dead quickly. So once again, you know, we have to put things in perspective. We study the guy. Uh, that doesn't mean we like the guy. Well, so I mean, we don't like uh, many, 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 many members of uh, uh, our current uh, corrupt organization <laughs> in the in the. Uh, on the on a federal level, and and we definitely don't like the uh, corrupt governments of of other major nations right now that are about to put us in World War Three because none of us civilians want to be in World War Three. Okay, we don't have a say or a vote in any of this stuff. <clears throat> no. But guess what's going to happen anyway? Okay, so once again, who's just like uh, Ukraine? Who's suffering? It's the, the Ukrainian citizens. They're suffering from Zelensky first because he's well, just that, as much of a monster as, as Putin is. That government right there, they're making out hand over fist. Think of how many billions of dollars that the idiot, I mean, the, the president of this country just handed to him. By the way, I want a receipt. For, uh, before I pay my taxes, I want a receipt. Mm-hmm. For, for I, I want accountability for all those dollars that uh, uh, I have. I apparently, as a taxpayer, approved to send <clears throat> over to uh, get in Biden's pocket. I mean, um, to uh, help other people. Yeah. But at any rate, uh, <clears throat> back to Humvees and uh, <laughs> and surplus equipment that we can use as God vehicles so we can survive this onslaught of stupidity. And uh, 
maybe actually see some bad guys go to Gitmo. I mean, you know, or a place like that. that you or know. just get ran over. Well, yeah, that, that might work too. You know, here, here's, here's the thing. You can have the best thought out, best built, best equipped vehicle that you could imagine. But the best vehicle that you can have at any given point in time is the one that you're in. It runs. I don't care if it's a 1985 Honda Civic. As long as it'll start and it'll move and it'll get you out of where you are. I don't care. It, it might only make take you five miles down the road before it, it, it takes a crap. Fine. Whatever. Well, you're five miles further than you were when you started. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so... I mean, would I would I like to have a well-equipped vehicle? Of course I would. But if need be, don't think I won't resort to going. Oh, your car runs? Get out! Oh, come on now, you would and take that car to get out of Dodge. Is it? No, no, no. More like, let me give you a driving lesson. Here, <laughs> here, allow me. <laughs> I will give you a choice. We'll, 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 we'll get out of this mess. Here. You Here's. can either A, scoot over and let me drive, or B, get out. Take your pick. I don't care which. But anyways. So, but, you, can, so you can drive through Costco? Yes. Yeah. Yes. See? There you go again. See, you're such a bad influence on people. That's, that's why I want my gray five tons. Oh, I get it. I get it. You know, with my nice big bumpers well, and my exoskeleton on the front. As a matter of fact, let's get into that in part two. We can we'll, do that. We'll, we'll get into our dream vehicles, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll just uh, turn this into a part duh again <laughs> and uh, go from there. So until then, I'm Fred. Uh, I'm Frank. We'll see you. Bye.